The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Where are the, what would you recommend, you know, two or three podcasts? Okay, so here's a full disclosure and transparency. Um, before starting this podcast, I had never listened to a podcast. That's the, you know that. Yes. That's a God's honest truth. <laughs> we started a podcast without me knowing what a podcast yeah. was. <laughs> um, since then, I started listening to podcasts, but singularly, I listened to one podcast for about nine months. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stopping. Hello, Ben. Patrick. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Um, today, we're going to do something that I feel like people ask you this all the time, and, and uh, we haven't really, we've, we've danced around it, but we've never like hit it right on the head. And that's, um, what are your favorite books or, 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 you know, what are, what are resources that you recommend people sort of take a look at, whether that's, um, books, films, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to just sort of like dive into, um, the various resources that you found to be, uh, super helpful in your Mm -hmm. life, um, that you would recommend other people, you know, if it seemed interesting, other people, you know, dive into it as well. Um, before we get into the sort of the specifics and we're, we're going to look at, um, we're going to look at books and films and, uh, podcasts and people. And basically like, who do you recommend people or who and what do you recommend people paying attention to? Um, but before we do that, sort of to back up a little bit is just the idea of paying attention to something. Right. And so I'm really curious, um, how, how like, where does all this stuff fit into your life? Um, we've talked a little bit about like your commute and um, your, you know, whether it's an audiobook or a podcast yep. or stuff like that. Um, but I'm curious, like in your life now, where do you find the time or how do you make the time for whether it's a book or it's a it's a film or whatever it is? Um, and maybe how does that how is that contrasted with maybe your life 10 years ago when you were just starting a business, when you were, you know, when you didn't have two little kids at home, all that stuff? Like, how has that changed? Okay, so that's a lot. That's a lot. Yes. Okay, so go. Um, go. Uh, so how do I? Um, what's my kind of like? Uh, what's like your media diet? Media like, diet. How much time do you spend? Okay. Consuming content. The the quick answer to that is I don't spend enough time. Yeah. Like I really like the, um, you know, I found out that I almost said Jimmy Buffett, Warren Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically the same. Um, when Warren Buffett. The, the rumor is, I don't know how true it is, the rumor is he spends the first six hours of his day every day consuming content. Yeah. Um, reading, and, the, and the, the mythical lore is that he reads old um, newspaper articles and oh, really? because the, the principles of business never change. And you can see where these businesses are in hindsight and actually really pull out the lessons a little bit better than if you read what's the hottest, latest, and best thing right now. Yeah. So I am nowhere near the level of uh, Warren Buffett, I almost did it again, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> 
I'm nowhere near the level of he is in a number of different categories, but certainly that's something I could should aspire to. Yeah. It's one of the reasons that I've, um, you kind of, you know, the first things first that we've talked about a lot of time is win the morning. Um, you'll always have, if you don't get to an email, no big deal, deal, but you only have so much time to learn and grow and invest in yourself. He also says, I mean, it's funny, like I didn't put, I, I, he's not one of the people I would consider that I follow, but I'm quoting him yeah. a lot. Um, that the most important investment you can make is not real estate, stocks, or bonds. It's the investment into yourself. Like spend your time, energy, and money, and resources investing in your own development. So I think it's incredibly important. Having said that, man, I could do such a better job. Like really, really a better job. And I always feel like um, I'm never measuring up in this category. Uh, We get so consumed and I'm I'm, um, the first one to with the urgency and the immediacy of what's in front of you. You got to put out that fire. You got to do this thing because there's a deadline to that. And the thing that goes is let's sit down with a book for 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, But in the in the 10 years from now, one of those things is going to have a lot more impact in the growth and development of who you are as a person versus the other. So the short answer is I should do a much better job with this. We all probably could. Um, what I do currently is probably not as good as what I did two years ago. I was better at this two years ago. Hmm. Um, um, the best I've ever done is when I would literally carve out time each day to read. So I would do audiobooks and or podcasts on my commute whenever I'm in the car. I've just cut out music and um, sports radio completely or other people listening to the news. It just doesn't exist in the car at all. I, I try to use that as an opportunity to grow and develop myself and learn something. And really, it's very few quiet times I get in my day. Um, I, I cherish those moments a lot. So that's what I, um, I was saying to you last week, that I wish that my commute was longer. Yeah. Uh, it would give me an opportunity to, 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 to digest. Yeah, yeah. To, if, it was, if this is my media diet, to eat a little bit more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that's definitely, first and foremost, the place that I, I consume most of my content is during my commute. Um, the next time is when I'm on vacation. Mm-hmm. So if I'm on vacation... Um, and or traveling for work, the plane becomes a big one for that in terms of whether it's, uh, that's when I actually like to sit down with a book and it's not an audio, it's not a podcast, but I like to actually read, read. Um, I think there's so much more value in terms of retention from what you read and take notes on. So vacations become a big one. I try and do like basically a book every vacation. Um, And then the third one, I'm not good at uh, like before bed. Um, That's like a social time for um, Heather and I, my wife to kind of connect. So I feel like if I'm um, in a book, like it just, um, I'm kind of ignoring time that I could be spending with her. Um, it becomes the slivers, it becomes the times in between. So it becomes like, uh, you know, I, 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 I make the hard decision and it always is a hard decision that I'm going to sit and read this article. I'm going to, um, and I do that um, for uh, 10 to 20 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I say I'm not, as, I was much better at that 12 months ago and 24 months ago. I'm not, I'm out of that practice right now, unfortunately. I, sh- I need to get back to it. Is that just like a routine? It's just Yeah, completely. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm out of my routine. It's one of those things I talk about a lot is, um, you know, this daily um, kind of checklist thing I do. I've fallen out of that um, for the last month or two mm-hmm. and I need to get back into it. And that was part of my daily checklist routine of at 10 o'clock every day, I spend 20 minutes reading. Mm-hmm. I need to get back to it. Um the biggest thing that I've found valuable to myself in terms of digesting media is and content is to, um, is to choose nonfiction over fiction. Um, 
and that's and that's across the board right it's it's tv yeah now i will i'm gonna put a caveat to that because i just read my first nonfiction book in about six years maybe longer Mm. i can't remember the last nonfiction book i read before this one so maybe it was eight years ago but i read my first one because um it was historical fiction Mm -hmm. and i think there was it was given to me by um one of the people i train um who's become trying to become a uh pretty high level professional fighter and uh, he said, there's a lot of lessons to be learned in this. So I wanted to read it, uh, but it was a gift. And I thought that there was things I could yep. learn. So it's not just, fit. it was not like uh, Daniel Steele or Tom Clancy. <laughs> yeah, or it wasn't like, like, turn your brain off and- Yeah, it wasn't like, uh, what's the books I used to read all the time? Um, the Clients in the Firm. Yeah, John, John Grisham. Grisham. Yeah, yep. that type of stuff. It's yep. not that. Yeah. So yep. it's, uh, um, it was Gates of Fire. By uh, Stephen Pressfield. Oh yeah, that's, um, yep. about the Battle of Thermopylae with yep. the three hundred Spartan warriors yep. and how they trained and all that stuff. And he's the author of the uh, War, War of Art and, and Turning Pro. Turning Pro. So he's also books. got a lot yeah. of really which I've good, read those. Yeah, really those good books, yeah. Uh, nonfiction resources yep. as well. Um, let's um, let's dive into books since we're sort of talking about books. And I'm curious if we can split them out into sort of categories because I know we talk. We sort of our conversations tend to tend to fall into sort of one or two or three um, sort of subject matter. So um, let's if we can break them out into sort of mindset books or, mm-hmm. or books that you would recommend people uh, read um, for mindset or for 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 ways to think about that. Um, and then for health or, or nutrition or whatever yep. you want to do. Um and then for business, for, cool. for folks that are either maybe starting a business or sort of deep into it, um, what resources you found in each one of those categories that you would recommend um, if somebody came up to you and said, you know, I'd, you know, what's a good book on nutrition or something? Yep. Um, sort of let's let's maybe go through that list. Starting with? Starting with mindset. <laughs> okay, mindset. Uh, this is going to be so anticlimactic, <laughs> but the first book about mindset I would suggest people read is Mindset. <laughs> By Carol Dweck. Well-titled book. Right. Yes. Very. Um, it's really like, it's actually one of the first books I would suggest people read, period, because it sets you up for everything else. It's basically, do you have a fixed or growth mindset? And until you have a growth mindset, you're going to have a hard time kind of like growing and digesting information and believing that you can change. So that's where I would start with that. Next one that kind of goes hand in hand with that, and I'm almost reluctant to give this one, um, but is Grit. Um, grit is, uh, basically if you have a fixed mindset, if you have a growth mindset, we check that box. Well then now if you have grit, now you're really set up. It's Mm -hmm. perseverance and passion over the long haul is what, um, what grit is. Here's kind of like maybe a shortcut is I, there's Ted talk. Everyone that writes a book does a Ted talk. Um, I would suggest reading the book, um, mindset and watching the Ted talk on grit. Mm -hmm. And that's Uh, Angela Duckworth. Angela Duckworth. You can really kind of get a lot out of that, um, from the Ted talk. Um, next place I would go is extreme ownership, Jocko, um, and Leaf Babin together. Um, and this one I would do the audiobook cause they're kind of badasses mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, you can certainly, I, reading is always better, but they, certain audiobooks don't do well. These guys are badass Navy SEALs and they talk real tough yeah. and it's kind of, um, it's kind of fun to listen to. Yep. Having said that, my wife tried it and couldn't because she's like, they're so dramatic and so over the top. <laughs> like, dude, like, relax. Yeah. So I liked it. Yep. Um, but Extreme Ownership is another kind of like- Did she like the book though? Like, could she get into the book when she couldn't get in the audio book or did it, was it the whole thing? Uh, she doesn't read. So she she read like, she listened to like the first okay, gotcha. half chapter. All right. We'll that, talk that's to her a, about that, that That's a good start for her. <laughs> um, 
Uh, maybe it wasn't even that. Maybe she didn't even try. It was like she was. It came on in the car when I was in the car with her, and I like yeah. before I was like switched to. I don't listen to books when other people are in the car. But, <laughs> um, okay, uh, that's probably three or that's four three. of them. Yep. Um, okay, the next one would be the obstacle is the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Holiday. So yeah. like, there's no forget the woe is me moment. Like this is not a bad thing. Like learn how to like flip this thing upside down on its head, and like this is the reason you're going to be better. So phenomenal book. If somebody's um, injured, if somebody has a setback, if somebody like read that book, it's it's like a must, I think, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one would be uh, kind of specific to athletes, but how champions think. Mm-hmm. I think if you're an Barbara athlete, Tella. yeah, exactly. Barbara Tella, he's a uh, um, sports psychologist who made his kind of mark in um, golf. Obviously, a very mental sport, but he's yeah. also worth worked with Olympians and LeBron James and a lot of other people. It's one of the first books I read when I kind of like flipped into the mindset side of coaching, not just like the points performance Mm -hmm. and the X's and O's of how to um, execute a sport, but actually how to think better. Yeah. Um, Would you consider seven habits uh, in that category? So whether or not I I purposely um, am not talking about seven habits because I talk about it all the time. We do. And here's the thing about this this list is there's so many good books, right? And these are wave top books. They're almost like the the must-haves. So if someone's like, of course, it's these books. Like, mm-hmm. why don't you like, it, it, this is the way I'm saying like, you kind of, these are like, I, to me is like, you got to kind of start with here and mm-hmm. then you go down these ones, mm-hmm. get into more niche type stuff after that. Seven Habits is a must read. It's like one of those things that I think you're like, everyone should read regardless of where you are. Um, every single paragraph in that book could change your life in my mind. Agreed. It's like you just, every other book that's ever been written on this stuff is a is a derivative of that. So if we're not talking about mindset, if we're not talking about um, health, if we're not talking about relationships, we're not talking about business, that's the one you start with. Yeah. You know, it's like you got to start there is my mind. Um, okay, let's go into business uh, as the next one. I, are, we've talked about, I feel like we've talked about sort of your your early days at CrossFit New England. Um, and I remember you talking about, I think the E-Myth Mm-hmm. Um, revisited so that that might be may or may not be one that you would recommend but i'm curious um maybe if you could walk back walk us back a little bit to like early days of cfne of you really sort of developing yourself as a um as an entrepreneur like which books uh do you remember being really important to you and then yeah. if there are any more recent ones that now that you're you know you're 10 years into the gym and, and 10 years into lots of things are there any that you've come come into that feel like oh okay this this is really helpful for me now now yep. that I've now that maybe I've got like a really firm base of understanding. Okay, so good segue from the Seven Habits. The first three books I read when I was starting my business were The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey, The E Myth by Gerber, I yep. think it is, and um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Carnegie. Those three th- books together um, create a really good foundation. They're really um, fundamental. So it's um, for anybody that's been in this stuff for a long time, it's not going to rock your world. You're not going to learn anything new. But holy cow, like uh, I've also read um, the two of those books more than once mm-hmm. um, because they're so, so good. Um, fast forward 10 years later, some of the books that I think that have had been really impactful for me um, is um, – as obviously, obviously those those count for sure. But one of the more recent ones I read this past year because it's newer is Principles by mm-hmm. uh, Ray Dalio, um, incredibly successful um, um, investment banker that has a really uh, um, transparent, um, kind of forward thinking 
um, organization, yeah. truth above all else. It's basically here are the principles of which he runs his organization, and it's uh, he credits all the success he's had, which is I, if I might be wrong about this, but I think it's the most successful investment fund, hedge fund yeah. ever, right? Yeah, and he gives it all. He gives all the credit to the culture yep. because. He um, failed um, terribly before with his other one because the, of the culture. Mm-hmm. Recreate said, I'm never going to create that way again. So he wrote, and they wrote this book about principles, principles for work and life. Yeah. Um, the way the book's set up is the first half of the book is, I think it's three parts to it. The first one's kind of like his story. Yeah. The, the second part is uh, life principles. And then the third part is business principles. Um, if we're talking about business stuff, you could literally just skip to the last section. It's yep. not written sequentially at all. It's actually literally sections. Yeah. Um. So you could skip to the last section and turn a five hundred page book it's, into it's, a. Yeah. It's really dense. Yeah. Um. And one thing, just before we dive into that, or before we move please. on, um, I would actually recommend. So uh, Adam Grant, who I think we're going to talk about later, um, he wrote a book called Originals. Um, and it's sort of chronicling uh, a handful of people who are sort of do who do things differently, right? Very, Very cool. And one of the people he chronicles is Ray Dalio and um, Bridgewater Associates, which is the Bridgewater the hedge fund. Yes. So it's actually if if you wanted to get a little bit of context to Ray Dalio first, that's actually a really good place to start because it's from a third person. Like, yeah, really cool. Like, this is like how these crazy people run it, and then you can get in the principles, and you can actually get it from Ray Dalio's perspective. So love that. I found that having a little bit of context made reading principles a little bit easier to digest. So cool. Yeah. So cool. Um, next one I would go is kind of staying with that culture thing. Oh, these are all going to kind of be, I'm thinking about, um, I, I, I think there's five books. Um, I think that four or five of them all have to do with culture kind of, cause mm-hmm. I think that's really the foundation of what the business is all about. You know, if you create the team, it's kind of like anything else. Yep. It's a foundation of all, um, would be the culture code, mm. um, by Daniel Coyle. Um, came out this past year. He also wrote uh, The Talent Code, which is a phenomenal book. It might be up there in terms of mindset as well. Um, but Culture Code, very similar in terms of like, these are the principles at which these, um, he's a journalist, so he's not a business. He goes in, goes to the Navy SEALs. I think he goes, he might go to Dalyu and get some, mm. um, but he goes to these um, really successful entrepreneurs, restaurateurs, um, sports teams, um, elite um, special forces, and kind of pulls out what is it that these people do special to make their team so great. Um, Culture Code would be another one. The next uh, ones would be, um, I'm having a hard time pulling um, them apart, so I'm going to put them together because they're both the same author. It's Patrick Lencioni, mm. and it is uh, The Ideal Team Player and Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Um, I don't think you can have one without the other. They're both really, um, really, really terrific books. Um really transformative in terms of the way we run our business yeah. like really good especially um the ideal team player we have every one of our um team members over there, every one of our employees read the ideal team isn't player. there a stack of them in the back yes there is we have about we have about 40 of them yeah. and we hand them out as people yeah. come in um um tangent but also the other book that we have people read which i didn't put in this list is the hard hat um is that lencioni as well no the hard hat is um john gordon Oh, um, right. yep. very simple, yep. right? It's fourth grade that. reading level. It's about, um, um, this guy, uh, this kid, uh, Boyardi, um, who's a lacrosse player at Cornell who died literally for his team. He was, um, jumping in front of a shot, got hit in the chest, died. And it's about 
the legacy that this guy has left in Cornell across, and it is um, about it's just about how to be a good teammate. And it's mm. phenomenal. Those are two Sorry, books. What was it called again? The, the hard hat. Hard hat. Okay. So the idea is like you're going to work. Let's be a blue collar guy and put your hard hat on. It's mm-hmm. not. It's about like that type of the, the, yep. um The last book, which is kind of away from culture type thing, but it does ha- it does talk about culture. Is very um, tangible and actionable in how to run the business. Is traction, and traction is. Uh, by Gina Wickman, which we've talked about before. It's EOS, which is Entrepreneur's Organizational System. It is literally the system you put in place, the language you use to run your business. It's the foundational step-by-step. How do you run your meetings? When are you creating your vision? How do you create mission statements? Uh, how do you create core values? How do you um, um, hold people accountable? Um, terrific book in that. Very actionable, meaningful stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um before we go, I'll give you a minute to think about the nutrition books, but a few that I would definitely recommend are um, sort of the the classic Seth Godin books. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially, you know, in the world of the affiliates, like um, a book called Tribes, uh, We Are All Weird, Permission Marketing, and uh, Purple Cow. I think if I think if you read, if you sort of read his classic books, yeah. you'll have a really good sense of what um, what marketing is and what it isn't. Um, and I highly, highly recommend that. Yeah, I think uh, I'm a big believer in Seth Godin stuff as well. And he's, uh, for people that are uninitiated, he's um, he's kind of the idea of like, um, the smaller the niche, the better. Yep. And make it kind of weird and yep. be bold, be brave, just go and do it. Um, really, uh, and he's incredibly... Um, he lives up to what he's saying. He actually does it. Mm-hmm. He the, the amount of content he puts out, the amount of quality content he puts out is astounding. It's like actually kind of like crazy and yeah. scary the way he can, <laughs> he's had, he has a blog that he has posted every single day, a new piece of unique, meaningful content for how long? A very long time. Probably five years, if more not longer. That. Yeah, more than that. Literally, if you put, if you type Seth into Google, you get his website. That's cool. it. Just Seth. Yeah. Um, and he's also got a podcast. He's got, he does a lot of really interesting um, online courses. He's got something called the Alt MBA, which seems really, really yeah. interesting. Um, so anyway, so he's, yeah. Seth Gordon's a great resource. Agreed. For, for um, particularly for um, marketing and branding. Yep. Absolutely. Totally. Okay. Uh, nutrition books. We've talked about that a little bit um, in, in various podcasts here, but um, what are sort of the, the, the go-tos that you, if a member or somebody's like, I'm, I'm, I want to learn more about this, you know, your nutritional approach or yeah. your advice, where, what are the resources? You ask a lot of good questions. That's true. That is, is honestly, cause this is a hard one. Yeah. Um, cause we learn so much new stuff about nutrition every year yeah. that, um, things very quickly become antiquated. It's, uh, becomes, um, you know, okay, so let's fast forward over that conversation. Like, because basically the books have to be a little bit timeless, right? Mm-hmm. They have to be a little bit. Um, so here's the first book I ever read on nutrition. Um, it's still the one that I, it, it created a, the foundation for what I still believe. Um, and it's, I, uh, I think it's Michael Pollan and it's uh, um, In Defense of Food. Mm-hmm. He also wrote kind of like a, a manifesto book, which is um, Omnivore's Dilemma, which is the more popular of his two books. Um, but I really like in defense of food. I believe it has no like agenda to it. So it's not about like never have grains and like dairy is the devil and low carb, high fat. It's like, it, it's none of those things. I think it's very unbiased. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a not really, a prescription. It's yeah. Like, it's yeah. just kind of like, um, it's, it's, 
it's about eating food, which is, it sounds so like, well, why do I even need to read that book? Mm -hmm. It's, I I think it's really, uh, I think it's a great book. Um, So it's In Defense of Food. Read the first one. The next most kind of like recent one I've read, um, one of the more recent books I've read, which I liked, um, was um, Wired to Eat by Rob Wolf. Mm -hmm. And I've read Rob Wolf's other one. uh, Paleo Solution. Yeah. And I wasn't as big a fan of that. And um, I really liked Wired to Eat. Wired to Eat, um, um, it basically, it kind of explains to you um, why you have cravings. Why um, why do you continue to eat? Why do you uh, why do you overeat? Why can't you do this? It's kind of like a lot of the psychological and what's built into your DNA as a human being about why um, why you're set up to fail mm-hmm. and what we can do to overcome that. Mm. Um, and I really liked that as well. Um, the next one, which might be uh, kind of a, a, a strange answer for a nutrition book, uh, is. Oh, I think the author is Charles Ludwig and it's the power of habit. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's kind of the same in the same vein is, um, okay, here's my take on nutrition is like, are people not eating well because they don't know or because they can't? Mm-hmm. Is it like uh, an effort and a willpower thing? So if you know that cookies and cake and ice cream is bad for you, why do you still do it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not a knowledge thing at that base. It's not learning the biochemistry and how your body and the microbiome. It might be because knowledge is power. And the more you know about it, the more you affect, you realize how much affects your food. It could be that. Or is it just like, okay, I don't, I don't know how to break this habit. And that's why I think it's a powerful thing um, to do. Here's my take on the power of habit. I think you can read the first four or five chapters and be done because it's like a lot of books where they give you the punchline, they give you the science, they tell you a couple of case studies, and then it just becomes case study after case study after case study. And if you get it, if you understand it, you kind of got it. Yep. Um, so I think you could read the first half of the book and you got it. Um, that's where I would go for nutrition things. It's basically you know the the food one, the wiring one, and then the habits one. Yeah, that's actually a good point with the habit one because I, I do think that that's probably a, a big factor of... Once you get past the understanding that there are things that are good and there are things that are bad, yeah. The but next you still don't you still don't act on it. Usually, there's yeah. A, there's a, it's not a nutritional issue. It's a it's a right. It's a, exactly. Do you not know, or do you yeah. not have the willpower? Yeah. Do you not do you not break the habit? Yeah. And if you're like if you're sitting there, you're eating and you're guilty. You feel guilty while you're eating. You know yeah. it's wrong. So how? Let's not figure out. Now I say that, but like you knowing it doesn't. It's not right. But really knowing you understanding like. What happens to your gut microbiome when that happens? How does it trigger um, your blood sugar? And when your blood sugar triggers, what's the hormone response that happens? And what is, you know, when that blood sugar happens, what happens to, you know, a hormone response, the insulin that comes out. And when you have too much insulin in your blood, hyperinsulinemia, and how does that lead to the chronic diseases? And knowing that kind of like the story being told there might influence the habit and behavior because you realize it's that bad. People know cigarettes are bad for them, but they're still able to quit, not just because of like pure like, okay, I'm going to do it because they really, really understand how detrimental it is to your health. Will you really, really understand how bad refined processed sugars are for you and they're horrifically bad for your health? Um it might help weigh that that habit thing. Yeah, a little that's bit. interesting because I don't feel like and I don't feel like the the sort of the uh, understanding of food is that it's 
it's to the level of cigarettes. Like it feels like, you know, if you're going to smoke a cigarette, that there's a really good chance that lung cancer or mouth cancer yeah. is, is going to be the result. If it's obviously yeah. if you do it over a long time, but there isn't that connection with food and whether it's diabetes or heart disease or anything like that, it always feels like there's still like a, yeah, but it's just a piece of pizza or it's just ice cream. Like there isn't that, that tight a connection between. Okay. So if that's the case, then I would go back on what I said. And it's like, we got to learn more about the mechanisms. You got to learn more about what actually is happening. You got to learn more about what's happening with your health. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think people are just kind of like, you know, it's about food is about looking good. It's yeah. about feeling good. And if they're like, if, if people are like, well, I just don't, I, I like the way I look and I don't care how, I don't think it affects how I feel that much. Um, we should be doing a much deeper dive then because it is the same connection. Right. It, I'm, I'll say this like on the record and people can blast me if they want to. Excess consumption of refined sugars is like having cigarettes. It, it's not a correlate. The causality is there. It's mm-hmm. like we, it's there. We know the mechanism that it creates. It causes disease, like period, like we know it. So once you realize that, you know, that's kind of like what I, um, when I first, the first book I read was that In Defense of Food, and they kind of lay that out a little bit for you. Um, they might, Poland uh, lays that out for you. It, it really opens your eyes a little bit. It's like, what are we doing here? Like, you know, once we started eating, once we got away from eating real food, this is what happened to us as, as humans. And it's a scary story. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the way to get more people to understand that is to dive deeper with them or is it to find a, a shortcut? Like is, cause I mean, I, I say that and then I think, well, people, I mean, people are overweight or they're, you know, they're unhealthy in lots of reasons, but that doesn't seem to be a strong enough uh, motivator to eat well. Okay, so, so then it goes like, it like, goes into like every um it goes into every decision making process you make, right? Which is weighing this side versus that side. And what most people are doing, what most unsuccessful, like we can we have to define success whatever that is, but people that want to achieve their goals, right? What they're saying is they're saying one thing that they want one thing, but their behavior is not following up with that. So they're saying that they want a six pack, they want to be lean, but instead of going after the six pack, they go after the six pack of beer Mm -hmm. and they go after something else. So their behavior is not matching up with what they want. And it's a matter of the willingness to take short-term discomfort for long-term gains. And that's really in my mind, the summation of people that achieve what they want to and people that don't. Mm -hmm. If you want it bad enough, you have to sacrifice short-term pleasure. Period. And I think what people think about is like people that are overweight and they struggle. They're like, it's just easy. I think we've talked about this before, but it's just like, it's just easy for you not to have the cookie. It's like, no, it is not. I want that cookie so badly. And like everybody, and like, if you do the habit long enough, yes. And we can talk about the power of habit and all those things. If you do it long enough, it does. But to overcome that, it's not like people are just born with this. Like you got to overcome it. You got to push past that and power of habit can teach you how to do that. Yep. But it is a matter of taking that short-term pain repetitively and saying, no, I don't want the cookie and saying, no, I don't want that and saying yes to this and yes to that. Hard, hard ball game to play, but that's the ticket. Mm-hmm. Can you just say, can you just do the, make the right decision frequently enough that it creates a little bit of momentum behind it? And people get 
really excited that spark is initiated with those short, ter- those little bursts of, of results. Mm-hmm. They say no, they say no, and all of a sudden you get, you lose five pounds. You get to run faster. You feel better. Like without those things happening, really hard. Yeah. Okay. We've we've gone off the topic a little bit. Um, let's bring it back to books. Um, what are what are the last uh, I don't know three to five books you've read, um, and and I'll have some follow ups from there. But do you have a do you have a sense of like what the last couple yeah. of books you've read? Um, all right. So the book I'm reading right now is Impossible to Inevitable. It's about um, SAS businesses. Um, it's actually SaaS business S A A S software as a service software as a subscription. A subscription. Uh, yep. I've heard of a service. Yep. But yep um, software as a subscription. So I run a software as a subscription business in uh, CompTrain where people mm-hmm. sign up online and say, we're a software company. Um, um, so it's it's really more about the B2B side of it. So they're um, selling um, software to like a, Adobe or like there's, um, you know, virus protection type stuff or um, infrastructure, you know, sales management type stuff, salesforce.com. Um, but there's a lot of parallels to what we do. Um, so that's the, the book I'm currently reading. Um, okay, I'm pulling out like one thing every, out of every five chapters. Yeah. You know, um, so not. And sometimes that can be worth it. Uh, if you're pulling out anything, it's worth yeah. it. So I'm willing to invest that. Um, the book I read before that was Endure. Um, Alex Hutchinson, I think it was. It's about um, endurance and what, what creates it, um, both from a mindset, from a physiological standpoint. Um, so we've thought for a long time it was lactic threshold plus VO2 max and, you know, um, efficiency, you know, if you have a good stride mechanics and you have a big engine, that's how, that's where your endurance is. And, um, that's kind of been disproven is people can break down barriers that they were self-imposed and go farther. Um, pretty good. Found some stuff out of it. He actually did a podcast with Kelly Starrett, mm-hmm. which I actually thought was better than the book. Oh, interesting. Um, that's the reason I read the book was because I heard the podcast. Um, but phenomenal. Do you, what, uh, is it Kelly's podcast? It's Kelly's podcast. I know he had, I knew, I knew he had one, but I don't remember the name. I can't remember the name of it either. All right. Well, I'm sure if you Googled that, you could find it. Cause I think it's Kelly and, and his wife, right? Yep. K star. Yeah. yeah uh, J star. Yep. yep. Julia. Um, awesome people, by the way. Yes. Um, book before that I read was the, um, nonfiction, the gates of fire by Stephen Pressfield. Um, the fiction, the, I'm sorry, the fiction yep. book, um, historical fiction, um, but cool. It taught me about how Spartan warriors trained and um, the mindset they had going into battle. Um, really cool stuff. Before that, it was Daring Greatly. Um, Brene, Brown. Brene Brown. About power of vulnerability and just doing things that you're scared of. And um, you don't have to have all the answers. Um, the book before that was uh, The Cubs Way. Tom Verducci. He's a the uh, Cubs, the baseball team. Yes. Okay. Yep. So they won the World Series. Not about like baby bears, or anything. right? Yeah. So they <laughs> won the World Series. Um, it's um, the story of um, Joe Madden, their manager, and Theo Epstein, the general manager, um, who came from Boston, yep. won World Series with that. So it's a system. Mm-hmm. They and uh, Joe Madden, a huge success in Tampa Bay. The way he leads, the way that uh, the culture that they created. Um, if you're a baseball person and you're into leadership and uh, phenomenal, if you're not a baseball player, it's a lot of baseball. Yeah. There's a lot of baseball inside of that. Um, those are those are like, I wouldn't call them random, but they're not super related books. How do you, you know, we're sitting here in front of a giant bookshelf. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how many of the books you haven't read yet. How do you pick, I'm going to do, I'm going to read this one now. I'm going to read that one next. 
Like, yeah. what is that? Is it is it random? Is it like I need a new book and what's what's around me or what is that? Look um, like? So I have a rule. Yep. If if I if if um, a book gets recommended to me twice by two different people, I gotta buy it and try it. Mm-hmm. So that's like, hey, you should read Daring Greatly, and someone else like three weeks later is like, hey, you should check out this book, Daring Greatly. At that point, it's like. Yep. The, the, the Yelp the reviews are in and like, it's like, yeah. they're saying you should, yeah, the universe is yeah. conspiring to get you to read this book. Um, the other one is if somebody uh, suggests a book to me and I read it and it's great, if they suggest another one, it's kind of like you're a valid critic. Mm-hmm. So that's where Daring Greatly came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person that recommended that one to me recommended um, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss, um, a book about uh, negotiating. negotiating. Yep. Awesome. I read it. I read it back to back to back. I read it three times in a row. Wow, I didn't realize that. For real. It's like, there was such like, it was so cool. Yeah. Actually, I'd, and I didn't read that one. I audiobooked that one. Yep. Um, which I think is kind of cool because it's about, there's tonality to it and like how you talk to people and- Oh, so you can actually hear it So you can well. hear it. Oh, that's and so really they cool. talk about yep. using the late night FM DJ voice, <laughs> right? And yep. it's like yeah, that's having right. the appropriate tonalities. You know, it's like, so it, it matters. Like, yep. I, I actually like that a lot. So- um, um, so yeah, if it's recommended to me twice or somebody that recommend that I, one person like that is like, yes, you got to read it good. Um, and, or it's like, it's an author that I really trust. Yep. That's kind of the three kind of ways that I pick books. And do you, um, do you or s- someone gives, gifts it to me? Like I said about, yeah, um, uh, Gates of gift. Fire and yep. it's like, I'm going to see this person again and they're going to ask how was the book? And, yeah. I should probably read it. Do you um do you find that you start a lot of books but don't finish them, or are you the type that's like, all right, I started this, I need to, I not need to, but like, I want to get through this because I started it. Because um, I find that sometimes I fall into that category where I'm like, I really want to finish this, but I'm halfway through it and I feel like I should. Yeah, to me, it's uh, it's a it. There's a principle there called sunk costs, yep. and if you have started something, you're not getting anything out of it. I think you owe it to yourself to stop. Yeah. Um, you know, having said that, that's kind of like where I am with this book, Impossible Inevitable. I'm really not getting as much out of it as I normally do out of books, but I'm getting the enough nuggets intermittently that it's keeping me tied to it. Um, but if I'm reading a book and I, so here's an example is, um, I had a book recommended to me. Uh, I, I tried to read another nonfiction, which was the gunslinger, which is a, um, um, Stephen King, um, book and it's nonfiction. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it was, um, and I started it and I couldn't do it. And it's like, I, I did it right after I did Gates of Fire and I was like, I'm not ready for another one of these. So I stopped. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to invest the, you know, uh, 10 to 30 hours, however long it takes you to get through a book to, um, to something that I'm not going to, there's so much out there. Yeah. One thing that I've been trying to be better at with books is, um, and it's something that Tim, Tim Ferriss has said, but he was quoting or, or referencing somebody else. He said that uh, it's more valuable to read a book just in time than just in case. And what he means by that is like, if a book comes across your desk and it's like, oh, I should read that, but there's no, there's no way that you're probably going to apply something in that book to something you're working on now or doing now, ah. then it's probably not going to stick and it's probably not worth your time. So, but, but if you're, you know, if you're starting a business, then's the time, then would be a right time to write, to read, you know, E-Myth Revisited or, okay. or whatever else. Yeah. Not, not just in case I ever start a business, I should probably read that. Yeah. So I, uh, I definitely just default to that generally. So all the books I read kind of fall into this category of like leadership, building businesses, communication, um, uh, the five factors of health, yep. like by default, I'm, I don't read about, um, 
you know, uh, you know, case study, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, law. Yep. I, I don't, re- I don't read about, you know, um, you know, um, things that the, you, the government. You, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I just, it's yeah. not like uh, politics. It's yep. not. It's just. It's not my thing. I want to be an expert at. Mm-hmm. Right on. Um, okay, we've talked about books a lot. Let's maybe dive into into the other categories before we. Um, I, I feel like books is where we'll t- we would talk about the most, anyways. Um, but what about films? Uh, I know we've talked a little bit about. Uh, you don't watch a lot of TV, um, other than maybe football. Um, but I do know that that you'll dive into some documentaries uh, when yep. something sort of crosses your path. Um, and one thing that I've heard you say before um, is that you like watching documentaries on high achievers, no matter what yeah. uh, what category it is. So it's not always, you know, athletes or something like yep. that. So um, I'm curious if you've got maybe two or three sort of that fit into that category. Um, yeah. And then maybe a couple documentaries that... Um, Sort of in line with that, the the nutrition book question, where like if if a member came up to you said, "I'd yep. love to learn more about this," what book? Yeah, yeah. Like great. are there documentaries that you'd say, you know, what you should you should go, you know, spend spend two hours on Netflix with this film or whatever yep. it is. Um. Yeah. So I, I I think watching documentaries is fantastic. I think it's phenomenal. I I I love it. Um, probably more than reading because mm-hmm. it's it's entertaining. It's yeah. even it's. Um, it's quick. It's super entertaining. Um, big, big fan of it. So, um, one of the ones I really love is just like this kind of like, um, the high achiever type thing and the pursuit of excellence. Um, one of the best I've ever seen of that is, maybe we've talked about this before, but it's, um, hero dreams of sushi. I said that weird hero (laughs) dreams of sushi. (laughs) Yes. Um, it's amazing. So there's, uh, this Michelin review, this restaurant review, they give five stars and they only hand out like one or I don't even know. It's it's incredibly rare. Like I don't know if they do it by categories, but to get one is like uh, I think there's only a handful, maybe five that they give out in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And he's gotten one like X number of years in a row. Right. It's this guy um, Hiro from Japan that has a sushi. I'm really having a hard time. Sushi shop. A sushi shop <laughs> that's incredibly like it has like. Four seats in yeah, it. Yeah, it's tiny. Tiny. And there's like... Isn't it in like a It's subway? in a subway station. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, but I don't want to give the whole thing away. Yeah. But in terms of what excellence looks like and what it really looks like on a day-to-day basis, I've never come across anything better. I think it's incredible. Mm-hmm. I've, I've watched it a number of times and I'm fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. I, I just love the dedication to the craft. Yep. It's amazing. It's a great example of, of you know letting go of all the excuses that you think are standing in your way. Like you shouldn't have a successful restaurant if it's got five seats and in a subway station. Yes. Unless you're really good. At it's what so you're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And what he serves is the most, it's a piece of fish on a piece of rice. It's not like the sushi we have, mm-hmm. which has all these sauces and, yeah. you know, fried tempura and flakes and this like presentation that has like all the flowers and the fake grass in it. It's like, it's virtuosity at its best. It's yep. doing the common uncommonly well, and it's phenomenal. It's I think every entrepreneur, anybody that's interested in seeing what greatness and excellence looks like, um, owes it to themselves to give that movie a shot. Agreed. Um, similar vein in terms of like how how to build something, um, I really liked uh, the Defiant ones, mm. which is an HBO special about um, Dr. Dre and. I'm going to blank on his name. Jimmy Iovine? Ivy. Something like that. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, I think it's uh, Jimmy Ivy, I think. Who's uh, um, So it's these um, two guys in the music industry that get together and create Beats headphones. 
Um, but that's really kind of like the punchline at the end is that they um, they create Beats headphones and they sell it for like $3 billion yeah. to Apple or something yeah. like that. But it's all about the how these guys came up through the music industry individually and then how they met. And it's a really cool entrepreneurial journey of like um, what it looks like and how people grow from the, you know, from basically being this intern, mm-hmm. a part-time job at a studio to become the, this media mogul type thing. Um, and again, the, like how the dedication and the uh, pursuit of a craft creates excellence. It's um, from very two different schools of thought, right? You have this um, white Jewish guy and this uh, black rapper that come together and the synergy is amazing. Yeah. It's really um, really cool. It's, I think it's a three or four part series that yeah. each one's like an hour, an hour and a half or something like that. Um, so those are really cool kind of entrepreneurial type movie yep. type documentaries. Um, but I even like, like the, the Hollywood movies about like, you know, like, um, jobs and, you mm-hmm. know, um, the social network, even the ones like that. Like, I know they're so dramatized. You're, yeah, so you're okay with fiction. It's kind of like, to me, it's like historical fiction yeah. type stuff. Um, even stories about like, uh, you know, um, you know, that you can learn about the perseverance, like uh, Miru and stuff like that, about yeah, these guys that climb, yeah. the guys that climb um, these mountains, you know, but even like movies like um, Everest or something like that, which is, it's Hollywood actors, but it's like, it's based on a true story. I guess like based on a true story is good enough for me. Because mm-hmm. um, you can, it's so like Rudy is right up there. Yeah. Like <laughs> Rudy. I don't know if, I don't know if I, uh, <laughs> That's I think a that's little. Based on a real story. Yeah, it is. It is. But that's a. Um, so Rudy, uh, the ones I put in that category, are like Rudy's and like remember the Titans and uh, Hoosiers, um, Miracle and stuff like that. Yep. I I don't go quite that far. It's but uh, you don't like the Disney the Disneyfied yeah. version. Yeah. Um, I really like the documentary, but if it's gonna be a Hollywood based on a true story type thing, it's kind of close. Yep. Um, other things I really like is um, documentaries about like. Um, sports teams. Yep. So anything from like hard knocks that they just follow teams through spring training because I get to see the behind the scenes of what it looks like. There's a, uh, a show about the Bruins called Behind the B and it's basically like it doesn't show what's happening on the ice. It shows what they talk about in the training room and what they um, how um, the players interact with um, the, 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 the back office and um, what these players do and um, what they're eating and stuff like that. I learn a lot from stuff like that. Yep. But one of the best I've seen on that one is um um called football life and they do a lot of football life basically chronicles they tell a story about uh, you know um iconic figures in in the nfl um was the one about bill belichick in the 2009 um patriot season Mm -hmm. and as as buttoned up and like as much as little as they give to the media i'm sure they're only showing two percent of what actually happens um you learn a lot. It's yeah. really cool to see what that looks like. And love the Patriots or hate him. Um, it's excellence. And it's like, you gotta, you watch that stuff. I've watched stuff on Kobe Bryant. Don't like Kobe Bryant, but I've watched um, his documentaries. And it's like, you gotta, if you can learn something from them, love them or hate them, like dig in and yeah. learn. Um, you know, I've watched things on like the New Zealand All Blacks. Um, I don't ever watch rugby, but like right. it's excellence. And you gotta kind of learn and pull things out of that. Yep. You know, Lance Armstrong would be a great example. Mm. Um, cheater and like you know obviously and and arguably like bad person but you can learn a lot about you know um, documentaries about him and reading his books and other stuff mm-hmm. um, I'll ask you about nutrition focused ones yes, but before just two recommendations 
Uh, one um, is call, is on Netflix. It's called uh, I Am Not Your Guru. It's on uh, Tony Robbins. I love, I'm um, going to watch that. Very, very, very good. And then the second one, I, I literally just watched it on an airplane. Um, it's uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor about uh, Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers. Um, just I, came out. Um, my, my son just talked about that. It's it, so good. I, I heard that. It's, I mean. Oh, my God. Especially if you grew up watching yes, it. Yes, which I, but, of course. But to, to see somebody who... Um, had a vision for what he thought was right and then did everything in his power to to continue down the path towards that. Give me the name again. I am uh, not. No, it's a, uh, so oh, I'm not your guru is Tony Robbins yeah. and won't you be my neighbor you, is, uh, is yeah. It's yeah. a song he's saying. Um, and it's on iTunes. It's, you can, it's, it's everywhere now. So you can find Super it. Super cool. Um, yes, but both very good. Awesome. Um, nutrition related ones quickly. Okay. Uh, two that um, there's, first off, there's a lot of crap out there. Yeah. A lot of crap in terms of nutrition documentaries. Um, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of that. The one that just came out, which I, I just wish would like go Is away. What the health? Yes. Thank yeah, you. I remember oh you my mentioning God. that. <laughs> like, um, I don't remember why if people remember are, you. if people are referencing that, it's just like the whole premise of the whole thing is it's just wrong. They reference this World Health Organization study that says food, that meat is bad. And then they go through this whole thing saying like, why are people recommending meat? The World Health Organization study was flawed. Like it's just like, I don't want to get into it, but the, what the health? It's it's um, it's terrible. It's a really bad <laughs> message. Yeah. Um, okay. Having said that, ones that I like, um, um, fed up is really good. Narrated by Katie Couric and like Bill Clinton's in it. It's uh, really really well done. What the hell? Uh, <laughs> what the health is terrible. <laughs> uh, fed up is great. Yep. Very similar. I would watch it. Um, what I would suggest is watch uh, fed up. And then the next one you watch almost right away is that sugar film. It's called That Sugar Film. Okay. I haven't um, seen that one yet. Really cool. It's kind of like a um, Super Size Me-esque where they follow this one guy and he kind of like does this self-experimentation. Um, it's really cool. Um, that's a really cool one to watch back to back. Um, those are two really good ones. The um, There was one other one. Uh, it just came out. I'll, I'll think of it before the end of this. One more that I just thought of, if people are so inclined, there's a, there's a it came out, I think, last year. It's called Minimalism, I believe. Oh, I remember. I thought you were saying because it's called The Magic Pill. You oh, start. Oh, there you go. Yes. So those I've, two. Um, the Magic Pill is also very, very good. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Okay. What was, it, what was yours? Minimalism? Uh, I think it's called Minimalism. Yeah. What is it? Um, it's a documentary. It's it's produced by two guys. They, they go by the I've Minimalists. Seen it. I've seen it. Um, Where they live in Netflix. tiny homes and uh, that? That's an element of it, but it's, okay. it's more of a, a sort of an yes. overall look at um, overconsumption and, yes. and, and living a I've watched life. it, yes. Yeah. Anyways, I just remembered that. I really like that one. It made me feel really bad for having stuff, which uh, yeah, is it, a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it makes you want to like throw away everything you Yeah, own. it makes me want to have two t-shirts and a pair of jeans Yes, and be okay with that. It's like, oh my God, I own three toothbrushes. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I have three toothbrushes? Uh, okay. Um, I have 37 cereal bowls and I don't drink eat cereal. Why do I have 37 cereal bowls? You have a lot of shoes, I bet. I just I just went through. I actually literally in my truck Good have uh, probably 15 pairs of shoes and I'm donating away That's because awesome. yeah. every six, nine months I got to like. There was a period in my life where I had probably like 100 CrossFit t-shirts and I at some point just had to be like. Yep. I, don't, I, I do don't that periodically too. It's, it's I, I would like it to be every quarter, every three months, but it's really about biannually. I kind of like clean, clean up my closet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, podcasts. I know we've talked about podcasts okay. a little bit. Um, where are the, what would you recommend, you know, two or three podcasts? Okay. Like? So here's a full disclosure and transparency. 
um, before starting this podcast, I had never listened to a podcast. And that's the, you know that. Yes. That's a God's honest truth. <laughs> we started a podcast without me knowing what a podcast yeah. was. <laughs> um, since then, I started listening to podcasts, but singularly, I listened to one podcast for about nine months. Mm-hmm. I tried to listen to a couple others and they just weren't, yeah. they weren't fitting in. Yep. Um, and that one podcast I listened to for a very long time, I listened to every single episode, was Impact Theory with Tom Bilyeu, creator of Quest Nutrition. Um, about a mindset, about uh, he interviews high achievers and the mindset that they have um, on how to create greatness and um, uniqueness in their lives. Real, he's one of the best interviewers I've ever, most well-researched, well-read, well-spoken. Totally agree. Um, insane. Um, to the point where he has a, he has ones where he interviews other people. Don't bypass the ones where it's called like AMA. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. He's better than his guests. Like for, I really believe that. He'll have a few guests on that are good. Mm -hmm. He consistently is insanely good. Um, Listen to the AMAs. Don't gloss over them because it's just him. AMA is Ask Me Anything. Yep. Really good stuff. And just to connect to earlier, one of his most recommended books is Mindset. And I think the thing that he credits- Look at you going full circle. Yeah, all of his success to the- his understanding that his greatest superpower is his ability to learn. Yeah. Um, And that is- why he's such a good interviewer and why his AMAs are so yep. good. Um, because he, he beats on his craft. Yeah. He doesn't believe that there's anything he can't learn. Yep. There, he, he, and I've heard him say, there are things that he chooses not to engage in, but not because he can't figure it out because he chooses to, to, Love to dive into something. Else. He also has uh, impact health, which yep. is really which is good. new, right? Yeah. It's relatively, relatively new, new, but yeah. it's, uh, it's really good. Yep. It's uh, basically, he interviews people, um, but it's all about like, sleep or gut microbiome or um anti-aging or something like that so really good stuff um okay so that's the one i lived with for a long time probably probably over a year with that was my sole podcast Mm -hmm. recently i've gotten into a couple others um my next favorite or i might have to say it's my new favorite is um work life with adam grant Mm -hmm. and it is um it's highly produced so it's like i think uh, it's done by ted yeah, t- Ted, Ted, in, Ted uh, company, whatever it is, Ted Talk yeah, uh, people. Th- those people yeah. um, really good, like really, really good. It's about um, most of it is about like uh, um, how to get people not to think that work sucks. Mm-hmm. It's basically like uh, he loves his job and why it's this um, how to make work better, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating. I love it. Yeah. It's so he's the who's he's who I referenced earlier with the the book oh, right, originals right exactly so that's just again just to connect the dots yep. there. yep um okay another one that i've gotten into recently is um duct tape marketing mm, you mentioned that to me before. yeah it's cool it it's good it's also um it's um interview style so it's um the, um this world-class i'm blanking on his name um, this world-class marketer who wrote a book called duct tape marketing a couple other books um and he interviews other high-level marketers um, and ask them about their strategies and um, tactics that they've used. Um, but then he also, again, kind of like Tom Billy does, has his own pieces to it where it's mm-hmm. him solo. Um, and they're really good. They're, um, you learn a lot. Mm-hmm. You, learn, you learn a lot, a lot. Um, another one which I really like is um, NPR's, I think it's NPR, um, maybe it's, only, it's on NPR, is How We Built This. Yep. And it's a, it's a story about... Um, Guy Raz, I think yep. is his name. Um, he's the host. He's the host. And he interviews um, founders of, he interview entrepreneurs. So people like uh, um, 
the people that built WeWork, those communal workspaces, yep. interviews people um, like the, the founders of RX Bar inside of CrossFit, mm-hmm. um, TRX Bands, um, interviews those people and talks about the the evolution of their business from the conceptualization of the idea to starting it up, to marketing it, to bring it to market, to VC, to going public or getting it sold or whatever it is, or going out of business or yep. and repeating the cycle. Um, you know, any, everything from things in the fitness world to um, makeup lines, to restaurateurs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think because there's a lot of parallels to me as an entrepreneur, um, I, I, I find that really interesting to listen to as well. Yeah, there's another, there's a new one that's similar in um, intent to that. It's called Without Fail. Um, I that have not might, listened to that. That might, it's literally, I think they're three episodes in. Oh, um, wow. but, but really sort of same, same general idea yeah. um, in terms of like looking at uh, an individual who built a business of some kind and how they went through it. Cool. Um, who is and, it? Um, it's hosted by uh, his name is Alex Bloomberg. Mm. He started a he, um, he started a podcasting company called Gimlet, um, and this is sort of a new show that he's putting together mm. through that. Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, I feel like there are probably a lot of other podcasts that I would recommend. Uh, You're a little bit deeper in the yeah, podcast I, world than I, I am. So I I, <laughs> I always laugh when I see this. I use an app called Stitcher um, to listen to podcasts. Uh, and the loading screen tells you how many hours you've listened to podcasts. Oh my God. And since 2012, I think I've listened to over 700 hours of podcasts. Wait, so how does Stitcher work? So like, so because st- I, because I've, I'm, I get, I get, I'm first, you know, I'm not yes. a technology guy. Yeah. I get frustrated with like navigating the world of podcasts. Like I, finding so episodes. I can't use the Apple podcast. Yeah. That's what it's, it's very bad. So Stitcher is basically, uh, do you like load app. in your favorites? Yeah. So you go into your favorites and then you can download the episodes you want to listen to. And, but you have to actually individually go in and download themselves and then they live in your library yes. or they automatically feed in. No, uh, I choose which episodes I want to download. So no, I'm not going to learn. That's the step I can't um, do. You can, you can probably set it up so that it automatically downloads the most recent episode mm. but i literally have probably 50 podcasts that i have sort of in my list and i don't want to li- i don't want to download every single one of those or every every most recent one i can show you later point being yeah. i listen to a lot of podcasts um so tim ferris and joe rogan are both uh long form interview podcasts yeah that are if you you're you're sort of not in a position where you can dive into a three-hour podcast yeah um because yeah. in 10 minute chunks it's impossible yeah. or 20 minute chunks or whatever um, but those are both really good um I've, I've found that I can't do those ones. I can't yeah. do the conversational ones. It's what, like the way yep. we format this one is like, hey, Patrick, how you doing? Hey, good. Okay, yep. let's go. Yeah. I, I can't do the ones where they talk for 35 minutes about the weather yeah. and about like what's going on. Totally. I need uh, I need to get into it. Yep. I've, I've definitely found that about myself. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't mind those so much, but I can- I know a lot of people like it. I yeah. often have like an hour and a half in the car, so yep. I can kind of get into it. Um, okay, Um Podcast. Last one, because this is this is becoming a long episode. Uh, people, and what I mean by that is, um, who are the people who, uh, over multiple, whether it's projects or multiple years, you've gone and you said, okay, I trust. You know, if you put something out, whether it's a film or a book or whatever, I'm going to be immediately interested in whatever that is because I trust that individual because mm-hmm. I'm interested and I've learned something from them before. Yes. Are there, do you have people like that? Do you have people like, for me, it's- Go-tos. Yeah, like for me, it's uh, like Seth Godin, Tim Ferriss, and Ryan Holiday. I think if Ryan Holiday puts a book out, I'm going to get it. If Tim Ferriss, same, I've spent more money on things from Seth Godin than than I'd like to think about. Because if he says I have this thing, I'm like, yep. Because I'm going to get something out of it. I know it. 
Um, so I'm curious if you have a list uh, as well that sort of is a is a almost an automatic yes. Yeah. Um, so Holiday is one of those for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Holiday, he wrote like Ego is the Enemy, Obstacle is the Way. Um, um, Daily Stoic. Um, he's a if he's if he's putting it out there, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. He yeah. he wrote a, a marketing book that's really really good. I'm blanking. On, it's recent. Um, I'm blanking on the title of it. Okay, I haven't read it, so I need it's to get really, it. It's really, really good. Okay, I just said I would yeah. get it. Yeah. Um, so Ryan Holiday would be one for sure, especially in the world of um, mindset yep. type stuff. Um, he's more kind of a really, it's a really soft introduction to Stoic philosophy. Yep. Um, and he's still my go-to for that for sure. Um, next one would be for like uh, nutrition. It's Chris Kresser. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if I've read his book. I don't think I've read his books, but like I, I he, he had unconventional, yeah, unconventional medicine. medicine yeah. Yep. Um, that was his most recent book. So, um, it's funny. Like I just said, I don't listen to Joe Rogan too conversational. Um, I've listened to maybe two or three Rogan, uh, podcasts and one of them was, um, Chris Kresser and I listened to it twice. Yeah. And maybe that's a good indication. Like if you get the opportunity to listen to this individual yes. talk for two hours, that's you're it. like, yep, I'm, I'm in. in. Yeah. So I, uh, having said that Chris Kresser's podcast, he kind of talks really soft and mm-hmm. it's kind of can put you to sleep, but him with Rogan is like great. Cause Rogan's the opposite. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's a, you know, as a resource that people, if this if the podcast is about resources that people should go to, I and people are looking for nutrition. One of the most impactful nutrition episodes, resources I've ever done is um, Chris Kresser on Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. I think he's done it twice now. Um, so the first one, oh, I'm, I don't maybe that's not the case, <laughs> um, but it's not the most recent. I know he was just on debating okay. a um, uh, oh, a, a pro right. vegan. Yeah, okay. So, so it's not that one, but it's the one before that. Well, it was just him. Yes. Okay. Um, and he's talking, he's promoting unconventional medicine. Okay. His second book. So I don't know if he was on for his first book or not. Um, so Chris Kresser is certainly one. In terms of like, uh, this is going to sound strange, but in terms of business, <laughs> um, but certainly um, health and training. And I say business because like uh, Greg Glassman. Mm. Um, so a resource is the CrossFit Journal. Yep. And whenever Glassman does a podcast, whenever he um, writes an article, whenever he is um, saying something, he's got my attention. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. I, th- I think that um, he's a revolutionist. I think that he's a uh, part genius. I think that um, he's a disruptor. Um, and uh, I-, I-, I learn a ton every single time I listen to him. Um, so that's certainly one. I have kind of three coaches. If the information comes out from those guys, I'm going to lean into it. And it's, um, John Wooden, um, who's all the information is kind of old at this point, mm-hmm. but like, he's I, probably not coming out with any new, books. I, I, but still stuff comes out <laughs> about true. him and yeah. stuff like that. Um, I will dive into that type of stuff. Um, Bill Belichick, love him or hate him. It's, uh, he's got a system, um, in terms of the way he leads and gets things done. Um, I'm, I consume all of his stuff and, um, a new one is Brad Stevens coach of, um, what he did in college is insane. He brought the youngest coach ever to make the final four and he did it in back-to-back years with an unknown university, you know, Butler, who's never been a contender. And then he came to the Celtics as a coach and without a roster of anybody, actually the, they had two okay players. Their two best players get hurt and he brings them to the conference finals. Like it's like what he's doing without talent is insane. Um, he's a really coach that I kind of like whenever anything comes out with him, I kind of lean into it yep. a lot, even more so than like Gino R.E.M. of like UConn basketball, who's 
Yukon girls who's mm-hmm. like iconic and you know it's like bigger than life i really like the approach that stevens takes to things um other one that i kind of like if 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 um he's on a podcast or he um um is presenting a ted talk or something like that is simon sinek he's such a great mm-hmm. presenter i actually learned just about how to present from watching his presentations yeah, he's really good. i like his presentations a lot more than i like his books um not say he's a bad author because he's he writes phenomenal stuff from uh, leaders eat last and mm-hmm. um start with why start with why he's terrific got a new one coming out soon called infinite games yeah yeah so but those three talks he does on those three things are he's mm-hmm. such Very a dynamic incredible yeah. presenter um he actually did one uh with tom bill before tom bill did uh impact theory which was inside quest yep. um where he would bring in leaders to talk to yeah. the, he basically his, just it was inside yeah it was, it was impact get, theory to, get away from the company yes yeah. um but he was phenomenal on that, talking about millennials and all that yeah. stuff. He's regardless, whenever he's talking, he's so captivating. Like it's, um, a, a, I'm always going to listen to something he's talking about. Yep. Awesome. That was a lot. That was like way more than I anticipated. I thought this would be a short episode. It was. It's well, like, it's 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 listing is, things, but we. T- yeah. It's hard not to talk about no, it. No, it's fine. I think it's. I can talk about this all day, obviously, but I didn't expect us to talk for an hour. Anything cool. Else? Anything else? No. I, Yes, there's a lot more. All right, well, we'll pick it up on another episode. Love it. Well, thanks, thanks, Pat. On the next episode of Chasing Excellence. I think I've come to uh, slightly understand what fear is, which changed my perception of why it's a part of our lives. Just search for Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. And thanks 